When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Tuesday edition, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show could be a little bit of a wild Tuesday. We got a lot of different stories that are breaking. We are officially one week from an election in the Commonwealth of Virginia that could rock the entire world of the political establishment. Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, most recent poll, straight up dead heat tied with Terry McAuliffe, the former governor of Virginia, attempting to regain election. This is in a blue, in quotation marks, state that Joe Biden won by 10 points. At a minimum, Democrats are going to be hemorrhaging voters, losing a lot of suburban support in northern Virginia and in suburban Richmond. Glenn Youngkin with a chance to pull off an incredible upset in Virginia and potentially set the table for a red tide in 2022. Democrats are terrified of what might be happening in this state. And we got major fuel to the fire added yesterday. A lot of discussion in Loudoun County, where really the revolution, for many of you out there, school board revolution, the Lululemon revolution, the angry moms, the suburban parents are fed up with critical race theory. They're fed up with being talked down to by politicians like Terry McAuliffe, who says you don't have any right to determine what your kids are being taught. Well, the domestic terrorist argument that came out of the DOJ, uh, Merrick Garland investigation into school meetings, one incidents that they cited was actually connected to a parent showing up at a school board to talk about his daughter being sexually assaulted in a school and no one taking it serious. This is a big deal. Monday, juvenile court judge in Loudoun County, Pamela Brooks, 
she agreed with the charges that a boy in a skirt went into the bathroom there and committed forcible sodomy and forcible fellatio. This is the juvenile court equivalent of a conviction. In other words, this assault happened. What this dad was demanding uh, was, in fact, addressed. Boy has not been named because he's a minor. He's going to return to court on November 15th for sentencing. He's also been charged with sexually assaulting another girl at a different school in the same Virginia school district in October. And all of this, this father is threatening to sue the NSBA, the National School Board Association, for calling him a domestic terrorist. Uh, he said in a statement after the verdict, we're greatly relieved justice was served today. No one should have to endure what this family has endured. And now their focus is completely upon their daughter's health and safety as she progresses forward with her life. All right. I wanted to lay out all of those details because they are potentially, as you well know, Buck, the crucible moment of this election may well come down to this school board and the revolution in Loudoun County over kids and what they're learning in schools. Couldn't come all of this at a worse time for Terry McAuliffe. As we know, we're just days away from what will be at the biggest uh, governor's race, certainly, in some time. Yes. And will be one of the biggest uh, political decision days we've seen since the 2020 election. And the Democrats are aware of this, too. You can already see some of the national news outlets that are trying to frame this as, oh, well, it's just Virginia. Or they're saying that this is really about Trump. You know, it, it depends. Are they are they trying to hedge their bets or are they trying to have one last push? Depending on the article, it, it, it can be one or the other. Um, clearly, McAuliffe is trying to do everything that he can to make this a referendum on Trump still, which just goes to show you what a pathetic state the Democrat Party nationally is in right now. He's also blaming the National Democrat Party. Some of his uh, donors were quoted in a New York Times piece yesterday, uh, one of his donors in particular, about how, well, basically Biden's put McAuliffe in a bad spot. When, when it's year one of a presidency and governors in states that went solidly blue in the election a year ago are saying, well, I mean, this White House is basically dragging me down. You know that the national party is aware of the fact that there's a lot of buyer's remorse from independents. A lot of people have turned around and said, wow, this Biden administration does not have what it takes to get this done. But but on the you know, there's there's like the layers here, right? There's the national level party bringing on down to the state race. McAuliffe has really stumbled here because of the school board, as you as you've been saying, the school board parental rebellion against critical race theory, teaching the trans agenda too. that was a big part of this. Remember, the school board meeting where that concerned father who had a had a daughter who was sexually assaulted. This is now on court record. This is now established that concerned parents showed up there to talk about the transgender bathroom policy in the school, and the school board pretended not to know that this had happened. Why? Because parents might feel a little bit differently about letting, let's be very clear about this, teenage boys in the girls' bathroom. No because doubt. the teenage boy says that he is, in fact, a girl. There, If there had been an assault, which there was, a lot of other parents might have felt differently about this. So you have the hiding of it. You have the Soros-backed prosecutor who was showing up at the hearing for that dad who was arrested for being rowdy at the school after his daughter had been sexually assaulted. 
that prosecutor who ran on empty out the prisons, basically, we need to end the incarceration state, whatever, back to uh, back by Soros and also connected directly to McAuliffe, Clay. All this looks awful for a Democrat party that's used to having essentially uncontested control over the public school system in, in most states across the country and certainly in the education bureaucracy at the federal level. So we kind of setting the table for everybody out there because we keep talking about this election. There's not a lot of elections that are taking place in 2021. So using this in some way as a prelude for what might happen in 2022 is going to be the narrative that emerges one week from today when Virginians go out to the polls and make their choice on governor. The two most recent polls, and I'm looking at Real Clear Politics, which does a great job of collating all of these different polls. An Emerson poll that came out yesterday had this a dead heat race, 49 to 49. Uh, the USA Today Suffolk poll, which came out today, had Terry McAuliffe up 46 to 45. So I want to kind of contextualize this because regardless of how this race goes, and obviously we want Glenn Youngkin to win and we encourage any of you in the Virginia area to make sure that you go out and support him because this is an important message being sent even by having this as a tight race. But remember, Biden won this state by 10 points. If Terry McAuliffe wins by a point or two, then that's a seven or eight point swing that we are talking about in a state like Virginia. That seven or eight point swing magnified in other states would represent, Buck, a landslide. But I want to, in the same way that we talked about California and the potential recall, all of the heavyweights are coming out, including Barack Obama. I want to play this cut for you from yesterday that we played because it's so incredibly tone deaf, particularly in light of this Loudoun County kid being found guilty of forcible sodomy and forcible fellatio. It's a major story in Virginia, and Obama was intimating that this was a culture war and it didn't matter. It sounds even more tone deaf today than it did yesterday when we played it. Listen. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars. This fake outrage that the right-wing media peddles to juice their ratings. And the fact that he's willing to go along with it instead of talking about serious problems that actually affect serious people... That's a shame. That's not what this election's about. That's not what you need, Virginia. Instead of forcing our communities to cut back at a time when we're just starting to recover, we should be doing more to support people who are educating our kids and keeping our neighborhoods safe. Barack Obama has always been the most shameless of demagogues. So this is not surprising that he would come out and say things that are so disconnected from reality. But when he says things like this at a moment where... A lot of parents, we keep focusing on Loudoun because it's it's a it's a hot spot. There's a front line, in a sense, yeah. here of the parent rebellion against CRT and the trans agenda and all the rest of it. But it's happened, Clay, as you know, in Tennessee. It's happened in other states all across the country about mask mandates, about a variety of things. But for Barack Obama to act like this is a, first of all, that our side is the one that is pushing a culture war, really, they're the ones that are saying we need teenage boys to be allowed in the women's or the lady, uh, the girls' bathroom in the schools. And if you have a problem with that, you're a bigot. They're the ones that want us to 
refer to the now four-star admiral of the of the health service, uh, Dr. Levine, as a female or else. You're a bigot. You be you're all banned from Twitter. You probably should be fired from your job. And we're the ones pushing the trumped up culture. Pardon the expression, culture war and. And then when you add on to it what you've laid out, which is that this sexual assault that happened in this school that the school tried to cover up and that they essentially wanted to make go away because of what it meant against the narrative, Barack Obama steps in and now says the culture war is phony. I think it I think this was a a misstep by him as well. No doubt. It's a colossal misstep. And by the way, Republicans aren't even really involved in the biggest culture war that is going on right now. We're going to talk about it later because there's more commentary coming out. Dave Chappelle's comedy special. It's a internal Democratic civil war over whether you can make fun of transgender people at all or whether that's unacceptable and lead and should lead to your cancellation. That Republicans are kind of on the side saying, hey, you know, we kind of like jokes. We kind of like the idea that comedians should be able to endorse humor, even if it sometimes makes people uncomfortable. That's not a trumped up fake right wing outrage meter. That is an internal Democratic civil war that is going on right there. Buck, when we come back, I've had a dub in our studio team here looking at the latest numbers if you were wagering on this Virginia election, you got, you know that I, I, I'm a big gambler. I like, you can wager legally on elections overseas. I'll give you the latest numbers and tell you what we're learning, if anything, from people and what they're putting their money on one week from the actual election. But first, you got to tell us a little bit about uh, ExpressVPN, I believe. Everybody should have the right to express themselves freely. That's both in speech and everyday conversation, as well as online. Unfortunately, that's not a universally shared thought among the big tech monopolies. Not at all. They've opted for silencing tactics and censorship. To fight back against big tech's control of the Internet, we use ExpressVPN. Look, tech giants make all their money by tracking your searches, your video history, and everything you click on. By building a profile on you, they can sell off your personal data. When you use ExpressVPN, it's an app on your computer or phone, you anonymize a lot of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity much more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. What's more, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cyber criminals. And what we like is how easy it is to use. It just takes one click. You turn on that app, you're protected on your phone, your laptop, all your devices. That's why ExpressVPN is rated number one by CNET. Right now, you need to revoke Big Tech's right to your data, secure your Internet with the virtual private network, the VPN we trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash clay. That's E-X-P-R-E-S vpn.com slash clay to get three extra months for free. One more time, go to expressvpn.com slash clay right now to learn more. Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We are rocking through all the stories of the day. Thanks for being here with us. We have a lot to discuss with you, that's for sure. One thing is this Virginia race that we've been talking about, this Virginia discussion that is underway right now between Glenn Youngkin and Terry McAuliffe. Clay has some betting odds on that one. But we also have a little flashback to share with all of you. If you recall, the the moment I think that was the roughest for McAuliffe in the uh, debate he had with Youngkin recently was when he kind of just said, well, you know, I don't, I don't think parents should be telling teacher, you know, telling schools what to teach. It's like, well, I've, I was pretty sure that school board meetings exist so parents can actually raise their concerns about this issue. But McAuliffe has been a tool of the left in education. Look, he's a he's a uh, connected and mainstream, so to speak, DNC hack. And he's been saying the things he needs to say to make the Democrat left and the teachers unions happy for a long time, including back in 2019. He basically said that, you know, promote for for elementary schools, the promotion of diversity and inclusion is as important as math and English. Play two. We've got to do a better job in our education system. We've got to go back K to six Uh, early on. We've got to start teaching talking about these issues much earlier than we've done it before and we don't do a good job in our education system talking about diversity inclusion openness and so forth we don't we got our textbooks but you know there has to be a big part of how how do you fit in, in into the social work of our nation and our fabric how is it that we deal with one another is to me is as important as you know your math class or your english class and so forth and we don't no, I, I don't think CRT or diversity inclusion is as important as math and English for elementary school kids, Clay. I, I disagree with McAuliffe, and I think the voters of Virginia do, too. 
I think a vast majority of voters in Virginia disagree with him on that. Uh, I had Dub in our studio, who also likes to gamble. Again, look up the numbers offshore, and I thought they were kind of fascinating. You can gamble overseas on American elections. You can't do this really legally in the United States in the same way, at least not yet. The over-under right now, uh, right now, Terry McAuliffe is still favored. He's minus 275 in the betting markets. Glenn Youngkin is plus 220. All right, this is one week out. But the over-under on the electoral margin outcome is 1.5%. So what the betting markets are telling us is that Biden, they think, has lost at least 8.5%. I shouldn't say Biden. Democrats have lost at least 8.5% of the 10-point margin that they had in this election. And the money is coming in on Glenn Youngkin to pull off the upset. This is massively significant nationwide, Buck, because if we were talking about a margin like this translating to other states, you're talking about a ton of the states, some of which Biden even won comfortably flipping over into the Republican camp as soon as the midterm elections in 2022. Even if Youngkin doesn't win this election, Democrats are running scared. It's why they're bringing out all the heavy hitters. It's why they're trying to say, oh my goodness, this Glenn Youngkin is just Donald Trump 2.0. This is a major flashpoint. Everybody in Virginia and everybody in the nation should be paying attention one week from today. What happens in this election? It is the culture post that could spin in a major direction. When you can save $800 a year on something you use every day and do so without sacrificing any quality, it's worth noting and acting on. That's how much the average family is putting back in their pocket every year by ditching Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile and switching to Pure Talk. The name of the cellular company I'm talking about here is Pure Talk. They deliver a service that's on the exact same 5G network, using the exact same towers as one of those big carriers, but for less money. And switching is so easy. You can keep your number and your phone when switching over to Pure Talk. If this is the time to get a new phone, well, you can keep your number, but just do that switch. They'll get you a great deal on the latest iPhone or Android. And right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data on Pure Talk's 5G network for just $30 a month. And Pure Talk has a risk-free 30-day guarantee. You got nothing to lose and so much to gain. I mean, up to $800 a year in savings. From your cell phone right now, dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk. You'll save 50% off your first month. That's from your phone right now, dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to grab the podcast you can Make sure that you don't miss a single minute of the show. Hour one, hour two, hour three. Over the weekend, they even put up a best of version. If you are going to be on the road, if you are traveling, if you are looking to make sure that you are plugged in completely with the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, we encourage you go subscribe. You can give us five stars and uh, you can listen to us anywhere across the world. Um, by the way, right now, Buck is in Las Vegas. I am in Nashville, but I'm shortly hopping a flight to Houston for game one of the World Series. Should be a lot of fun. I'm taking my 11-year-old. He's a big Atlanta Braves fan. I know we have a lot of listeners in Atlanta. I know we have a lot of listeners in Houston. Should be a good time. Looking forward to meeting a bunch of you tomorrow. I'm going to be doing the show live from our Houston affiliate. So lots of awesome things going on there. Uh, in the state of Florida, also, 
a lot of awesome things going on. COVID cases have hit the low for the entirety of the nation. Lowest rate of COVID infection in Florida. A lot of you don't know that because the mainstream media won't cover it. The increase in cases, big story. The reality as the cases plummet, not anywhere near that same level. And uh, vaccine mandates are coming under siege because... Florida has managed to have the lowest COVID rate in the entire country without vaccine mandates and without any mask mandates. Florida's own Surgeon General, he happens to be a Harvard med graduate, Dr. Joseph Latipo, uh, he spoke and said vaccine mandates don't create safe workplaces. That, in fact, he says, is a lie. This is what he had to say on the issue. Listen. I've heard some leaders say things like, we'll create safe workplaces by mandating these vaccines. Well, they're really decoupled because the infections can still happen whether people are vaccinated or not. I mean, that's very obvious, you know. And you remember, these people were also telling you that all these breakthrough infections were rare. Well, they're obviously not rare. In fact, they're common. And so that's the truth. So this idea that the the vaccine mandates are needed to create safe workplaces is a complete lie. It's continued to be repeated. And you should know that it's not at all backed up by science. In fact, the science says something that's completely the opposite. Clay, this is remarkable because against the primary narrative that they used to get so much of the policy in place for the last couple of months, which was essentially it, it, even if even if it's possible for you to get infected, uh, it's so rare that we should essentially treat those who are vaccinated as though they're good to go in terms of spreading the virus. Forget about hospitalization and death and all that data for right now in terms of their ability to spread the virus. But what was really going on was it, while the virus uh, was you know ripping through this country over the summertime, and it was clear from the data that there was actually a serious drop off in the protection of the vaccines. They kept saying, oh, but, you know, there's uh, what, what was it? I think it was one it was one in five thousand. Joe Biden said was that you remember that that was in his oh, speech yeah. back in August. A one in five thousand chance of a breakthrough case. And he was really playing with the statistics in a way to make it seem like it was much less likely than it is. I know personally I, multiple people. That, are, that were fully vaccinated, had breakthrough cases, didn't get super sick. But the point is, the vaccine obviously didn't stop them from getting sick and wouldn't stop them once they're sick from spreading it to other people. So we've been once again forced to go along with policies based upon data that turned out to not be, or I, sh- I should say conclusions, that when you look at the data turned out to not be accurate. I mean, it's one thing if they want to say, we're going to push this because... We're looking at risk parameters and all the rest. But they said, no, you're not going to get it or spread it. That turned out to not be true. And it's even less true than they say. And that's where I think this is so important, because the protection from the vaccine goes down. We all know this. Then this is why they're pushing the boosters. So they kept saying, oh, no, you're so protected. You're so protected. Not so much anymore if you got it six months ago. No doubt. And how much different would our national discourse be, by the way? Credit again to the state of Florida for putting a Surgeon General of the state out there who is being honest and discussing this case with a larger degree of nuance. That is the COVID infections, vaccine mandates, all of that. 
than most of the public officials that we hear from on a regular basis, whether it's Ronna McDaniel at the CDC, whether it's Dr. Fauci at NIH. Listen to, again, this is Florida's own Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Latipo. Listen to him talk about one of the reasons people are uncomfortable with vaccines is the climate of dishonesty under which the Biden administration has been trying to sell them. Part of the reason that people are not comfortable, some people are not comfortable with these vaccines, is because the climate of dishonesty, scientific dishonesty, about the science, right? Whether it's natural immunity, denial of that in the face of data, or in the case of the vaccines, open, honest discussions about both effectiveness and safety. There's been dishonesty around that. The reality of how safe these vaccines are is absolutely not public. Healthy people who've had adverse reactions after the vaccines, there's been a concerted effort to prevent these types of stories, these experiences from receiving the attention that they obviously should receive. It's so utterly true. Yeah, I mean, Clay, it's utterly true that you can't have doctors come forward and even remember, it's not even saying that necessarily Fauci and the rest are wrong. We can go back to the great Barrington Declaration where you had thousands of doctors and scientists who were saying, yes, COVID is, it can, is very dangerous to people, especially in certain categories, you know, age and, and comorbidities. We're taking this virus very seriously, but we don't we simply don't have the tools and society cannot and should not bear the burden of pretending like we can stop this or control this. So we have a different risk tolerance That was what they were trying to say. We have to allow for the fact that society must move forward the same way we have for our entire lives with flu and other respiratory viruses. This was worse than flu. We all we're all understanding and admitting that based on uh, the numbers. But that doesn't mean that you should have an entirely different approach to it or largely different approach to it. And I think what we're seeing, Clay, is people have led themselves now to believe that only with, with enough boosters will get to this end state of no more covid and they keep comparing vaccination. They they do this all the time now uh, to the MMR vaccine, the COVID vaccine, to those to those different um, shots that people get. And as I think, I think it's really important for people to know because I've been saying here, we've been saying that measles is one in a thousand mortality for children, which is far higher than COVID. Beyond that, measles does not mutate in a way that allows it to evade immunity. They've done studies on this. There's research on this. So when you get the shot, when you have measles immunity, you're good. You don't get measles. You could have COVID-19 immunity and get COVID-2022 or whatever they're going to call it. Right. And this is why the policy of trying to play catch up all the time and make people get the shot and make people get the shot is really what we're really dealing with now is a paradigm that's much more similar to seasonal influenza where there'll be a shot it gives you some immunity it's somewhat helpful but should we force everybody forever to live their lives this way i mean i'm walking around the vegas casino floors i don't really gamble it's not my thing but i have to walk through them you know to get anywhere and i'm getting shouted at the point mask on every day because i refuse to <laughs> well and what's crazy about this buck and and i wrote about this this morning uh on my anonymous mailbag on outkick because I got asked by a, a family guy out there, got a kindergartner, how big is the battle going to be over mandatory vaccines? I think it's going to make the mask battle look like uh, just a, uh, a, you know, a, a total like water gun fight. Like we're headed for, I think, a vaccine civil war over COVID. And to your point on the larger context here, 
Seasonal flu kills more kids than COVID does. We've never mandated the flu shot ever to go to school. This is about analyzing risk and behaving in an intelligent fashion. And frankly, anyone who's saying a five-year-old needs to get a COVID vaccine shot is behaving, I think, in a crazy manner and not analyzing risk in a legitimate fashion. We'll talk about this and more as we continue to move forward. In the meantime, the Tunnel Towers Foundation guides themselves by these words. While we have time, let us do good. And that's just what they've done, particularly this year. The foundation, many accomplishments already this year, including leading all of us to remember the fallen first responders on 9-11, as well as giving our focus on the fallen soldiers in our war on terrorism. Keep in mind that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is gifting 200 mortgage-free homes to American heroes and their families. Think of the magnitude of that gesture and each of the details involved. Next month in November, on Veterans Day, Tunnel to Towers Foundation will recognize those we lost in the war on terror in a ceremony on Veterans Day. And between Thanksgiving and New Year's, they'll give away a home a day in their season of hope. Help Tunnel to Towers to do good. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. 
We have much to discuss with you. I want to tell you, though, that we have a really um, important guest joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, he had been the U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan under the Bush and then Obama administrations. He was the uh, chief negotiator during the Trump and then Biden administrations uh, with the with the Taliban for U.S. withdrawal and for essentially the end state of the U.S. war in Afghanistan. He has resigned from the Biden administration as of just uh, a week ago. And he will be coming on the show. Zalme Khalilzad will be with us and he'll be able to answer questions like, why was this withdrawal such a debacle? Why did the planning look so uh, slipshod? What did the Biden administration do differently than the uh, alleged plan that they inherited that they couldn't deviate from when it came to Trump? We know they did deviate from the Trump plan, but we can ask him those things. I do not know if you could find a person who has worked at the highest level of diplomacy and foreign relations in the U.S. government who has longer, deeper institutional knowledge and ties to the issue of Afghanistan than Zalme Khalilzad. So I, I, some of you may have heard of him, some of you may not. This is the guy who can get us the answers on what actually happened with the Biden administration withdrawal from Afghanistan. He resigned from this administration, so I think we're going to get some important truth from him about exactly what went on that'll be coming up in just a matter of minutes uh and clay we've uh, just while we're speaking about biden i gotta say they're trying desperately to sell this biden plan people are figuring out now it's it's making a lot of rounds hold on so you're just going to tax the billionaires unrealized gains you're not going to tax say the unrealized gains of 401k plans you're not going to do that right you're not going to all of a sudden start saying, well, you know, everybody who has a certain amount that's in there uh, is going to get about taxed, homes? too. Buck, this is the story of the Internal Revenue Service, right? Initially, they only taxed the super wealthy, and they said, hey, this is not going to impact us uh, at all, meaning the common folk, right? And as soon as you implement a new paradigm, I mean, there are a lot of people right now sitting on homes that have increased substantially in value, right? Let's say you bought a house for $300,000, which I bet, you know, a decent number of our listeners might have. And you've had that house for a decade now, and now it's worth $600,000. What if the government decides that you're going to have to pay taxes on that $300,000 in increased home value that you got? This is a brand new dynamic. Again, I think this is going to be played out in the courts because it's unclear whether the federal government has the ability to tax unrealized capital gains. And again, I think we need to make people understand here, this is paper profits. This is if you bought a stock and you held it and it's now at $20, in theory, if you sold it, you would make that money. But until you sold it, it's all on paper. This is what they're going to start to do. If they will tax the billionaires, trust me, it's going to come for the millionaires. And sooner or later, just like the tax code itself, it comes for the regular Joes like you and me and Buck and everybody else out there. That's where the revenue is. You know, it's folks who are working and paying their bills all together in the aggregate. That's where the real uh, the real squeeze is. That's where the government can get the most amount of of bang for their buck, so to speak, by going after the, the masses of people, I mean, you could seize every dollar that these uh, these billionaires have. It's not going to fund the government. And I'm not even talking about their unrealized gains. I mean, you could take 
the richest point zero 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 you know one percent of Americans, whatever it may be, and seize all of their assets. And guess what? You still would not be able to fund all these federal government programs. It wouldn't take care of the almost thirty trillion dollars now we have the national debt. But Biden's still out there whispering to you because if he whispers, if he whispers, it's got to be true. He's telling you it's a tax cut he is pushing. Play 13. Everybody talks about children. And Josh has heard me say it. I view it as a tax cut for middle class families. A tax cut. We never have an argument when we talk about the wealthy. This is a tax cut. It changes the lives of the American people. I mean, he can call it a, a hippopotamus if he wants. It doesn't make it true. It's not It's not a tax cut, Clay. That's not what he's pushing. That's not what this program, this bill is all about. It's a massive wealth tax. And for anybody out there who is a student of history, that's how our income tax started. The idea roughly 100 years ago was we're only going to income tax the richest among us. That was the idea. Once this policy becomes a reality, I'm just telling you, I think there's a very good chance that more and more people find themselves caught up in this wealth tax. And sooner or later, it ain't a wealth tax. It's just a tax. And again, I'm not that confident, Buck, on the implementation ability, whether it's constitutional, first of all, to tax unrealized capital gains. Secondly, I'm not confident that the federal government is going to be able to put forth a policy that the best accountants and the best tax lawyers are not going to be able to exploit such that they're not actually going to be able to run a functional part of the government here. And think about also what this will mean for people that have family farms for generations, right? You you might have a, a couple of hundred acres that you've been farming. Well, that real estate value may have increased substantially. So are, are you going to be exempted from this? But it just means there'll be endless carve-outs and manipulation and jockeying for favorable treatment within this new unreal, unrealized gains component of the tax code. And to what you're saying, Clay, yeah, the billionaires, they're always going to find a way. They will move their assets to another place, to another another area, another realm where they are shielded, or they just won't be investing the same, you know, the same way. They'll have a very different approach. Whereas, you know, the person that has a family house that maybe has doubled in value over 20 years or 15 years or whatever. What happens to them? You know, you got this half million dollar house now that you've got and you got to pay unrealized gains on that. Uh, where does that money come from? It, no doubt. It is going to be a monster issue. Buck, we've got a big interview. Tell people again who we're about to talk to here at the top of the hour. Zalme Khalilzad, the single official with the longest and highest level ties to the U.S. Afghan situation. He was U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan under the Bush and Obama administrations and has been the chief negotiator with the Taliban for U.S. withdrawal under the Trump and Biden administrations. You will want to hear this interview, and it is coming up in a moment. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.